Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today, we are bringing you the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another delightful episode of The World Tree Burns here on the Cobalt Press Twitch channel. Uh, I shall be your illustrious Dungeon Master for this evening, Dan Dillon. Uh, uh, sadly, our normal host and uh, tech runner, Will, is not with us tonight. He's not feeling well. We're going to miss him dearly, and uh, we wish him uh, swift mending and all the health in the world. Uh, so, uh, welcome. We're going to play some Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, and uh, we're going to go around real quick to the cast and talk about who we are and who we're playing, and we're just going to jump right into it. So let's start with our special guest for this evening, Tosquall. Hello, how are you doing? I am Tosquall, and I am super excited to be here. Sorry, I'm sorry in my voice. Uh, super excited to be back. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I had to step out for uh, some work stuff for this season, but we wanted to give our good friend Glazashin a little bit of a send-off, so here I am. I am a Trollkin Geomancer, and uh, I'm very excited to see... Uh, how uh, poor Glaz is going to find his way to be elsewhere for a little while. Yes, indeed. All right, that brings us to McLoken. Hey, I'm McLoken. Uh, that's oh, all I got. God. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I'm playing our gnome ranger uh, from Neheim. Uh, he is the most honest and trustworthy character in the show. Excellent. Yes, of course he is. Uh, so let's <laughs> jump over to Simply Jackson. Hi, I'm Simply Jackson. Uh, I play Tilly. She's our dwarf fighter. I have no idea what she's been doing since last episode. Probably nothing great, but nothing super heroic. I don't know. Um, I am a variety broadcaster on Twitch. I make art, mostly play games, and I drink a lot of coffee. That's it. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Birdiesaurus. Hey, it's me, Birdie, a.k.a. the Birdiesaurus. Hi, everybody. I play Landis, and he's a Gearforged Warlock, and uh, he's going to try to help these fools bust Glaz out of wherever he's stuck. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully we'll get that done, but um, probably not. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and last and most certainly not really, not least, Scarlet Moth. Maybe a little bit least. Nah. A little bit. <laughs> I am Moth. You can find me on uh, the internet as Scarlet Moth. I'm an artist, cosplayer, D&D lover, professional shitposter, and professional tired person. And I am playing Groen, the Ravenfell cleric of Wotan. Yes, indeed. All right, that, that is that is all of us. And uh, so I believe where we left off, we're just going to kind of pick straight back up where we left off last time. And uh, that is in the home slash workshop jewelry shop of Landis, our Gearforge warlock. And you had just been called upon by the dapper, immaculately well-dressed, uh, always cultured and perfectly groomed, uh, elderly gentleman, uh, human nobleman, such as noblemen are in Zobek. He's kind of a weird throwback. Uh, 
Lord Volstaff Greymark, the master of coins of the city, who has somehow gotten involved in all of this business. And he has just greeted Landis with a uh, bright, cheerful smile uh, at the door a few hours after sunset and said, Well, that didn't go exactly according to plan, did it, my boy? Shall we go inside and talk? Yes, please, now. (laughs) All right, so he follows you inside and uh, very subtle way to display some of his wealth. It doesn't look like he needs it to assist him walking. He doesn't have a limp or anything like that. He steps inside and uh, takes one step to the side away from the door and just sort of lets his, uh, his eyes sweep around the room and at everyone who is there assembled. And once the door is closed, he says, uh, so, I assume you all know who I am? Uh, kind of, yeah. No, good enough. I'm glad to see that you're all free of your chains. At least that part of the plan went uh, as expected. Well, uh, mostly. mostly. <laughs> I did what I could. <laughs> you did well. You did well. Uh, there were some unforeseen complications that arose with our dear friend Glassishan, Uh And I suppose we ought to talk about that. But first things first, are all of you all right? Uh, as alright as we can be. I think everyone's just a little confused and upset at the moment, and uh, they were definitely hoping to get some answers, as was I. Honestly, this has become a little more involved than I expected it to, but, uh, (laughs) yeah. So here we all are. Well, sometimes investments have a way of, uh, expanding on you unexpectedly. I'm sure that you have your, uh, reasons for wanting us out. Would you mind elaborating on those, Sir uh, Greymart? Some of them, certainly. Others are my business. But I will say that you, knowingly or not, have done me a number of services in your time and association here in Zobek. And I am not one to be ungrateful, nor am I one to overlook useful associations when they drop so unexpectedly into my lap. You're capable people with interesting resources. And that's something that I might find useful in the future. So again, something in the nature of an investment. Speaking of which, he reaches into his uh, into his coat, draws out a heavy purse that jingles uh, and just sort of clacks with the amount of metal that's in there and tosses it sort of underhand and negligently toward Landis. Yes, I am going to catch that and then say, oh, thank you very much. You, I appreciate uh, you, it. You catch it with a little bit of a hoof because it hits hard. <laughs> it's a heavy, okay. heavy purse. And he, There's uh, just a he lot says, of metal clinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, despite the way things turned out, I recognize that it wasn't your fault and I'm not going to hold you accountable. So that's the rest of what I promised and we're settled up. You needn't be involved in this any further if you don't wish to, but I would recommend it. Yeah, I mean, so I I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, I was happy to do it for you. Um, uh, My my only thing, though, is they've got some interesting stuff uh, in that Citadel now that I'd kind of like to see. And I was hoping maybe you'd let me tag along for the rest of this little ride. Greymark sort of turns to the rest of you to see how you answer that. 
Um, okay, I just have some follow-up questions. Okay. Why uh, did you turn the guards away when the demons attacked the fuck house? Um, and uh, why were you at the party, other than, you know, you were influential and all that kind of stuff, and you knew what was in the liquor? Um, there's many questions. Uh, what's your, uh, why are you interested in us? Well, I already explained that. I already explained that, at least in uh, in the broad strokes. Um, and the answer to your first question is related. I have interests uh, in and about the Silk Scabbard, and you all fended off that assault from the, the Eleven Hells. And uh, I thought it would repay you poorly to allow you to be arrested. It appears that... Uh... The Silk Scabbard is in need of our help once more. That it does. Ah, uh, no, no, it's fine. Mm. Well, well the, I the, some of the people that work there, uh, that's another story. Uh, well, it's currently that... not much of a fuck house, is it? It's more of a... Uh, well, I mean, there's still house. people to fuck there. I mean, they're not going to slow down on business. I mean, the, what what happened was... Is that, you know, Ruridan's people are gone. But there's still, you know, workers there. Right. Uh, so, Greymark kind of looks at all of you as you, uh, as you sort of chatter back and forth. And he says, uh, Well, I suppose we should talk about what I've been able to discover about uh, why things have gone so drastically different with your friend. I assume all of you are aware of what he was carrying. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I was talking about. Those those things. You know about those, right? Yeah. I know a little bit. Uh, yeah. This uh, isn't my area of expertise, of course, but uh, I've been able to do a little bit of digging, not very much with the time that's been allotted us. So you all know what's there. I won't, uh, I won't waste our time belaboring that. You know what he had. When the Undying Sun found it, they, though they didn't know exactly what it was, they could determine it well enough. Uh, uh, from what I understand, if you've seen any of this stuff in action, that should be no surprise to you. Uh, and so they took what was really just more of a routine arrest, uh, and it became something quite a bit more serious. Now, uh, there are certain parties that are exerting influence to try and get Glazishan released before anything untoward befalls him. That, unfortunately, is causing the Undying Sun to close ranks. They realize something's up. Uh, they know that people are applying pressure to try and influence the wheels of justice. And I'm afraid that's going to force their hand, which means we have to if respond everyone, swiftly. If everyone is, is kind of already... Uh, arguing about this, why is no one in the street talking about it? Because several people, myself included, are spending considerable influence and coinage to keep lips closed. So the rest of you aren't implicated. Now, it's going to get very, very tricky as I suspect you're going to want to break Glass out of his current predicament. Yes? This is true and foretold. Right. Well, uh, if you are caught breaking into the Citadel and whatever you end up doing, 
escaping with a prisoner, absconding with his confiscated artifacts and relics and what have you, uh, and killing any of the Citadel guards, uh, there's going to be nothing I can do to help you. So uh, that's something you're going to have to think about, how you want to approach this. And I recommend you don't take too long. Are you aware of any of the inner workings of the Citadel? He, uh, he shakes his head and he says, somewhat, but my knowledge won't be of help to you, unfortunately. What you're going to need is a way in that would involve something a little more subtle than simply storming the gates. So you seem to know a lot of people that you've been paying off for helping or, you know, twisting towards working at this project. Do you have anybody maybe there that could help us with a way in or do you know no no maybe know somebody you know like through the grapevine sort of thing most of the things that i could offer you are going to take too much time i could most certainly get you all inside the citadel subtly and undetected but it would take me at least a few days to arrange it i'm afraid we don't have that kind of time i'm so the cartways he, How uh, much money would... does it take for a certain distraction, maybe? Like a, a distraction while you try to get in, you know? What kind of distraction? Mm, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're not the only party who tries to go. And they're the party who gets noticed, not us. All right. Well. And what about those guys <laughs> um... in the red cloaks? They seemed to... Were they on your payroll, too? I noticed them. <laughs> Uh, the red, the who red are they, Dan? Uh, yeah, the, the, they're just known as the Red Cloaks. Uh, they're the followers of an individual who calls himself the Red Hood. Um, they're just kind of a bandit gang that operates in and about Zobek. Uh, uh, no. no. Oh. Well, hold had on. We had, anything, had we heard anything from Thrick following the incident at the estate? No. Uh, you have not not heard anything anything from Thrick yet, no. Uh, so he says, now hold on, and looks back to Tilly. As far as creating a distraction, I think that's a fine idea, but the, uh, the practical matter of it is going to be a difficult one. Who are you going to convince to go make a ruckus in front of the Citadel? <clears throat> I'm, I'm not really I mean, the one who knows anybody. I mean, I got a beer, but I don't know make too much of a ruckus. There's money, and then there's money. And it's going to take something significant to convince people to essentially throw their lives away in something that frivolous. It take too long to go back to my village, so I don't know. Do we know? Do we? She looks over at me, looking. Do we know anybody who can help us? I don't. I don't know uh, anybody in the town except for the few that we've met I mean, and the only people, who've not made it. I mean, the only people I can think of is maybe talking to Thrick and uh, the Clo- uh, Cloven Nine, but I mean, even then, um, like, I don't know, I don't know if they're gonna outright want to like cause a riot in the streets unless they have a bunch of like people that they don't although, care about. Although they do owe us several favors for uh, the, saving uh, that life. The, the old man sort of tisks and like sucks his teeth a little bit. Well, the Cloven Nine, they might be able to help you with. Uh... Well, you said you were looking for a way in through the cartways. They might be able to help you find it, but uh, you know you're going to have to pay their prices. 
from what I've heard, that can be a little yeah. Hey, okay. how much of a discount if they always has mentioned? <laughs> What's that? Um, so I should have I should still have some some friends from my former associations and things like that in the city. Uh, they really might get a kick out of screwing around with these neat guys. Um, but we haven't like defined any of them. <laughs> um, uh, would one of would, so would I be able to contact them if they'd want to help? You might be able to get in contact with some of those people. You're not sure that you could just show back up out of the blue and convince them to go make a giant ruckus at the Citadel enough to draw all the guards away to let you sneak in or anything like that. Um, I could threaten them with exposing them. That's the only other thought. <laughs> what's to stop them from exposing you in return if they get picked up? I'm a good boy. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You can try that if you would like. Doubt. Um, so, uh, Greymark looks at Cloak and says, well, you're talking about the cartways. There are people who make their living in the underbelly of the city, crawling around through the tunnels and sinks beneath the city. I'm sure someone down there must know more about how to get where you want to go. I could go check the black market. Uh, he, he nods and says, I imagine that'd be the place to find them. And I could talk to Thrick no. at the same time. And one thing you'll want to keep in mind as you do all of this, how are you going to keep yourselves from being recognized? Because if you're caught storming the Citadel, breaking out... Pre- I do have a boat. We could take me. We, I could fit all of us if we needed. Well, can I fit all of us? You, you might have to it ride in somebody's be- lap, but pretty close. Your boat would probably be pretty tight, but yeah, you could fit everyone on there. It would be uncomfortable. The question is, okay, so if shit hits the fan, where do we go? This Where's is where the next course of looks at this Dobek map. Or Midgard <laughs> map. Alright. While you guys take a, a little bit of time to think about that, we are going to flash across the city in the dead of night to the dungeons beneath the citadel. Stone walls, flickering torchlight, the smell of old smoke, dark smears of, uh, of soot gliding up the walls and gathering at the ceilings where torches and lanterns are lit and relit and replaced infinitely. There's a, a faint sound of dripping water, as one would expect in such a, a dank and desolate place. There is the occasional moaning of wind that has found its way in through a hallway or a window. And there's a tight, stone-walled, stone-floored, stone-ceilinged cell. The door is thick oak, banded in rusted iron, with a tiny little window secured by bars. There's a single cot with a moldy straw pallet for a mattress and a frayed scrap of burlap that passes for a blanket, and Glass, seated somewhat despondently, listening to the drip of water and the scratching of a rat in the corner as it scrabbles around some of the straw, looking for a discarded morsel of rock-stale bread. You're sitting there, your head bowed, your wrists aching from the ice 
cold iron manacles that are clamped around your wrists, even now secured in the cell of the Citadel. Inscribed into the manacles are these etched glyphs and runes, and they trace along the links of the chain from one of the bracelets to the other, and each of them is inlaid with silver and gleams faintly, even when there's no mode of light for the symbols to catch. The, the manacles, their chill seeps into your bones, seizes your muscles, and it gives you this terrible headache that throbs behind your eyes. You're not exactly sure what it is or how it's working, but it is stopping you from using any of your magic and causes this just terrible pain and this slight blurring to the edges of your vision. Uh, Glass is looking down at the manacles and the rat and this place that he's in, his mind racing of the events that have happened. Um, he's trying to keep them from dwelling on Valia, whether or not she's okay. He knows that Paladins must have helped her, but he still is worried because he knows just how bad off she was the last time he saw her and how close it came. So Glaz does what he always does when his mind is racing and he's looking down at the manacles, looks over at the rat. Friend, that, I'm afraid that bread is not going to be very good, but I must tell you, these, these glyphs, they actually are quite well done. I have not seen anything quite to their like. You see, they, uh, you see how they did this little extra curl here? That makes them especially powerful. It will not be something that I will be able to do anything about. But have you seen the craftsmanship here, little friend? They are quite, uh, quite spectacular that they've done such a lovely work and that they work so well. So well indeed. So you spend some time studying the uh, the etched glyphs and symbols on the manacles, and quite clearly they're, they're abjuration magic in nature. And you're able to work out over the hours that you've been here uh, alone. All of your things have been stripped from you. Your spellbook hide has been taken. Uh, every scrap of jewelry, every spare coin of wealth, your backpack, the tablets of the Nullifier's lexicon, and the lantern containing the Heart of Flame, all taken from you. You, uh, you are able to puzzle out that essentially what these manacles are doing are creating a very localized area of anti-magic, specifically just on you. The weave of magic essentially just flows around you. So you reach out and try to touch the source of magic and draw it and twist it together into a spell. And no matter how far you reach, the threads of the weave just push away from your hand. You see, they are very effective. Abjuration, that was never my strongest subject. <laughs> so as you uh, as you chatter to your friend the rat that is content to listen in relative silence as it explores the outer boundary of your cell for the 300th time at least, you can hear footsteps, heavy, tromping down the stone corridor echoing towards your cell and you see the bright gleam of a lantern that is clearly not fueled by flame uh hello 
All right. Hey. So after uh, after a few seconds, the the footsteps draw closer and closer, and you can see that the light source is right outside the door. It's shining a bright beam up in through the window and outlining the gaps around the outside of the door, thin though they may be, with this bright golden white light. And you're sure it must be those strange uh, outline of a head that eclipses the light and looks in and uh, kind of looks over you. And then you hear uh, a key throw back in the lock. The heavy bolt disengages. There's a rattle of chains and the door pushes open. Standing in the doorway is that night captain who was leading the party that captured you. And as far as you knew, your, your friends as well, although you have seen or heard nothing about them in it's easily been over a day now. Um, he steps down, the, the, the one step down into your cell. His plate armor clatters and the chains clank of his chainmail. And he looks back and nods, and one of the soldiers holding the lantern pulls the door closed and locks it behind him. He strides one and a half paces, perhaps, further into the room and pulls over an old, worn, battered, three-legged stool and he settles himself down sort of across the room from you. He has this uh, dirty blonde long hair pulled back, uh, long sweeping mustache that reach almost down to his chin, and uh, these piercing eyes and a tanned weathered face showing a few nicks and hints of lighter colored battle scars. He looks you over once and he politely reintroduces himself I am Sir Ganfrey, Knight Captain of the Order of the Undying Sun. Uh, hello again, I am Glazishin. Uh This is Leonidas the Rat. I call him Leo for short. He's quite hungry. He, uh, he looks down and actually cracks a little bit of a smile at that and, uh, and then looks back up at you. Do you understand why you are in this dungeon, Glazishin? I can imagine. I... Sure, it has not only just to do with the disturbance that we were in the middle of. I was uh, quite inebriated at the time. Um, I'm better now, though. Thank you for the water. You've taken quite good care of me. Um, but I am sure it doesn't take long to puzzle out that you are probably very, very concerned about things that you found within my possessions. I would like to assure you that while I know... People are very, very concerned about the dealings with the void and magic associated with it. It is not something that is inherently evil. If you just look back into the history of magic, you can see... His, uh, uh, his eyes narrow quite a bit as you go on. You, you can see that many of the, the things that we now take for granted, evocations if specifically, if you look into the writings of some of the senior wizards from just a few centuries ago to see how they labeled evocation as being so dangerous, things, you know, bursts of fire out of everywhere, and that they should be controlled to avoid magic is just, it's misunderstood, you see. Uh, it can be used in ways that aren't so dangerous and so frightening and I know it, it, it uh, he holds up his gauntleted hands kind of uh, calling for you to, to slow down stop and if you even when you fall quiet he, he sort of curls his fingers and brings his hand back down to his lap he says I am 
deeply disturbed by what we found in your possession, arrested along with you. There was an escape attempt. We don't know where they are. Their escape was successful. I'm going to ask you if there is anything you can tell me that will help us find them. Particularly Riodan Osgray. Well, he's probably drunk somewhere. He and I did not necessarily see eye to eye on many things. Um, with all the drugs and the drugs and the 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 the, uh, the, the escorts of all different varying um, um, provocations, I, I guess, um, and also uh, sometimes drugs as well. Um, he's probably found some place to curl up in to uh, with a with someone who is warm and probably some drink that is cold and uh, some type of substance that you can put up your nose. That's just a thought. All of that we can discern on our own, but thank you. I rather mean someone he might have turned to for help. Somewhere they might have gone to ground to hide. Riodan is one of the principal elements of an illicit dark cult, worshippers of Morena the Red, the blood goddess. I'm sure you know all about that. You were involved with that vampiress who had her claws in the lady, he, he wouldn't say lady, in the um, the heiress of the Zealous family when we found you. We've You're been saying. following a trail of bloodless bodies for weeks now. And that trail led us to you and to Riodan. Well, the bloodless bodies part, yes, we we tried to get rid of them because vampires are very scary. We were in this basement and there was one and it was very scary. It was running all over the ceiling. It was going left. It was going right. It was moving so fast you could hardly see it. You know, I wish I, those lanterns you have are... How do you make those sunlight lanterns work, by the way? It is very interesting magic you have in there. But I digress. So you're saying that it wasn't just some kinky sex thing that he was doing with all of those cuts and blood and stuff? So uh, why don't you make me a charisma deception check? <laughs> yeah, this is going to go so badly. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to slip that right under the radar. Oh... Mm. Deception. Yo, because he's terrible at deception. So, uh, here we go. Uh, It's a 14 on the die. Minus one makes it a 13. (laughs) A 13. All right. All right. So he uh, he smiles a little bit, and there's uh, just this slight knowing nod, like this is what he expected. And he says... Your loyalty to your friends does you credit. But I wonder if you understand what it's going to cost you. I'll speak plainly. Someone, several someones, I suspect, are exerting considerable pressure, politically, personally, financially, to effect your release. And to ensure that we don't brand your escaped friends... Traitors and criminals and heretics. This disturbs me perhaps deepest of all. So, what is going to happen is tomorrow, when the sun rises, the pain work is going to start. 
There will be no escape. There will be no respite. It will be terrible, and I will regret every moment of it. But I will see to it that everything you know is ours. And we will use that to find your friends. So, I will offer you one last chance to tell me anything I can use to find them without resorting to such brutality. I know that the pressures being exerted will eventually get you released. I doubt you will survive long enough to see that result. Laz takes a deep breath. And while he's not very decepti, not very good at lying, he is quite smart. And he looks this gentleman in the eyes and goes, you see, what you do not understand is that I understand that because of what was in my bag, you are going to do what you are going to do no matter what I tell you. And so we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way, absolutely. But you see, I grew up in the Fellmire Swamp. I spent many, many days amongst some of the most poisonous and painful different plants around you, the most infuriatingly annoying things. And yes, they weren't always pain and all of the hard things that I'm sure you have perfected in your holiness, Mr. Paladin, sir. But we're just going to have to see how that goes for both of us because I'm not going to tell you anything else. He, uh, he draws in a slow breath through his nose, holds it, nods once, and then just kind of lets the sigh out. Again, more or less what I expected, but I did have to try. He stands with a clanking and creaking of armor and just sort of um, uh, walks over to the door, pounds once with his gauntlet, and you hear the rattling as the soldiers outside open the door back up again. The door opens and light floods the room and causes you to, to squint against its radiance. And uh, he steps up into the doorway and he says, have a meal brought for the prisoner along with water and wine. Something decent. Something worthy. And he kind of looks over his shoulder and says, until the morning then, Glazishan. And he turns and walks away. And the door closes behind him. And the light begins to recede. Well, Leonidas, it looks like we're going to have a nice last meal together. Uh, Leonidas just sort of squeaks and chitters, and it looks like he's uh, washing his face and cleaning his whiskers. You don't happen to know any magic, do you? (laughs) You're not a (laughs) druid, maybe. So the uh, the sunlight lantern recedes completely around a corner through another door. You're not really sure. Sounds become distorted and indistinct uh, with the distance and the echoing down these claustrophobic arched stone corridors. So all you can see now is the faint, ruddy glimmer of uh, perhaps a torch or a low-burning lantern somewhere reasonably far away down the hall. Not really enough to illuminate your cell. So your dark vision... Uh, does the rest for you, and you see everything in its monochrome shades 
pick out contrast and show you the hard edges of the cot and the, the fittings of the stones uh, in their mortar. And you see Leonidas, this sort of lighter shade of gray, scurrying about. And when he looks over at you, occasionally there's this strange gleam coming from his eyes. And you sort of settle in to wait. And it's just quiet, except for that scratching of the rat, moaning of the wind, dripping of water. (sighs) Lazarson takes a moment and sort of as he's done is going over and over again ideas looking for uh, anything that might help he keeps looking down at this abjuration magic that he has um, and uh is just trying to figure out if there is a way. And while he's had a few ideas, he's also wondering, okay, so I have magic back. What's that? Um, so quick question. Sure. You were saying there is a window to the outside. Uh, there is a sense. It's kind of a window. It's more like a narrow, maybe six inch wide shaft that goes up and at an angle, about a 45 degree angle. And, um, there's some fresh air that faintly wafts down from in there. So it doesn't get too fetid and stagnant down here. Um, and you can see perhaps, oh, it's a, it's probably a shaft about, 10 feet long or so through a thick outer wall and then it looks like it's looking up at sky but you can't really be sure. There's another grate at the top. So quick question. Mm -hmm. I know my spell book was taken from me. Yes. So that would mean I couldn't swap out spells but do I still have the spells that I had back at the party? Yes. Any spells you had prepared are still prepared. Okay. And spell slot wise, I've been long enough to have rested or no, not really. You, you, you did manage a long rest, yes. Okay. And we were taken here. Glass was a little bit disoriented, but do I know where in the city I am? Oh, you're undoubtedly in the Citadel. So you're on that raised hill that you can see from pretty much anywhere in, uh, in the city. But I'm fact, familiar with. You know, just, I mean, I'm familiar. Look at the yeah, yeah. Look at the front of the Zobek Gazetteer. That's where you are. Cool, cool. So I mean, so I'm 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 familiar with the areas sort of surrounding the Citadel. Yeah, uh, I you've never been inside the walls before. You've never had occasion to, um, mm-hmm. but you're familiar at least. You've been you know in the area around it for sure. Okay. So, so you said you were searching around for anything that might help. You're just kind of like searching your cell, hoping just sort of seeing what's in there. the cell. Okay, um, searching around in the cell. There's really not a lot here. There's okay. uh, maybe some hardware on the cot, like some screws or maybe a bracket or two, that sort of thing. Um, but it's uh, old and rusty, not super sturdy. You might be able to break it apart. Yeah, I have manacles, but not. I mean, I'm not chained. I'm not chained to my ankles. Yeah, your wrists. Your wrists are manacled together. 
That's, okay. And you are you still have that pounding headache and you're slightly disoriented. That is undoubtedly a, a side effect of this thing cutting you off from your magic. Okay. Um, sort of magic wrapping around me, as you said. Okay. So as we get a little bit later into the night and it seems like things are quieting down, Glass squats down next to the cot, looks at Leonidas. Um, they, they brought some wine, you said? Uh, some wine and... Uh... Yeah, so uh, if, you, if, we're, if we're just sort of waiting for, for a decent amount of time, they actually bring you a hot cooked meal uh, with some uh, with a glass of wine and uh, a sort of a, a flask of water. Okay. So there's, glass. there's roasted meat, there's vegetables, there's potatoes. It's an actual, you know, it's not great, but it's decent. Okay. So glass, uh, just okay. So glass uh, saves the wine, but drinks the water. Then once okay. he gets to the end of it, saves the wine for later in the evening. And once it starts to quiet down, Glass picks up the glass of wine and just chugs it down all in one gulp. All right. Looks at Leonidas and goes, well, don't be alarmed. This might get a little bit ugly. And he sort of squats down puts his make sure you know, the, the cot is braced up against the wall I assume yeah puts his right hand against the edge of the of the cot and stomps it with his foot to crush Ooh. his hand oh good lord all right uh why don't you give me a strength athletics check? Since I can set this up, can I have advantage on that? Sure. Okay, that's a 16 for the first roll. The second roll is 11, so 16 plus 2 is an 18. An 18. All right. So why don't we go ahead and uh, deal... Um, this is a little nastier than a normal unarmed strike, so... And we can do seven points of bludgeoning damage to you, and you do in fact okay. hear bones in your hand snap, and you clench your teeth together and stifle a cry to the best of your ability. Though, who would really notice anything down here in a place like this? You occasionally hear cries and and whimpering and the like from uh, from other places. As soon as you do flesh, you can feel them beginning to painfully constrict, starting to cut off blood flow. And it causes your breath to like when you jump into ice cold water, your lungs for a second forget how to work as this icy feeling surges through you. Can he squeeze his hand and try to pull one hand out of one of pull the crushed hand through the manacle now that there's so basically just a pulp of flesh? Right. You uh, you you try to pull it, and as every time you try, the manacle squeezes tighter, and you can feel it sort of grinding against the wrist bones now. So you, you can't slip it forward. Huh. So you uh, you sort of let your breath out. Uh, it's ragged. You, you gasp, 
The pain in your hand is excruciating. The cold that washed through you somehow did nothing to numb or soothe it. Uh, in fact, it just sort of made it worse. And your vision kind of grays out on the edges and constricts uh, as this headache pounds and jabs needles of pain into the back of your brain and your eyes. And you sort of listen to that echo of your own sort of ragged breathing bouncing around the stone walls. And for a second, you, you feel like you must be getting a little delirious because you can hear something behind each of your breaths. And you sort of ignore it for a few minutes, just trying to let your senses come back, which eventually they begin to. Uh, the, the icy feeling starts to recede ever so slowly. The headache lessens and uh, your, your head pounds less forcefully. And then you hear it again this faint scratching sound, not like the rat, but like a whisper, just barely making its way to you. Well, Glass will look around, trying to see if he can figure out where it comes from. I mean, does this sound like void speech? Um, so you're listening and straining, and, and after a moment, you hear it again. Where are you? Glaz, uh, takes a moment, uh, to collect himself, and remembering his encounter the dream, the vision, whatever it was from before, sort mm. of sends back oh, the citadel. I have been captured and the lexicon's pages taken. You you hear this whispering again and, and you start to realize you're not actually hearing it, at least not with your ears. It's just sort of drifting across your mind. And it's unintelligible, this, this raspy, breathy scraping. But it sounds like it's getting louder. And you hear scratching, actual physical scratching from somewhere in the room. And you look over and Leonidas is, is scratching his way around. But the scratching comes again from somewhere else that the rat isn't. Your dark vision strains to see into the corner and there's something there obscuring your sight. It's like a, a dark gray blot or smear in the corner, and you hear the scratching sound coming from over there, and then the voice is clearer in your head. Where are you, Glazikin? You have so many secrets. Glasses. Like, well, yes, I do actually. Um, uh, and uh, he starts to walk over, and actually, as he's walking over, um, he's going to look to Leonidas and goes, "I am sorry for the uh, the violence, but you know, I am a troll." And he's going to use inhuman vigor to pop back his All right. hand. Go ahead, regenerate go his ahead hand spend, back. Go ahead and spend one of your hit dice. Yep. So that is a D6, right? Yeah. Wizard's D6. 
D6 plus your constitution modifier. Uh, so that is a three plus a three. So that's six of those seven back. All right. Are you comfortable with that? Or do you want to, do you want to spend the last, spend another one and just be topped up? Up to you. Uh, I'll go, I'll be down one to remind him okay. of his effort. So after you, uh, you, uh, sort of make that cheerful glass-esque pronouncement to the rat, there's a, a popping and grating sound as the bones of your hand <laughs> pop back into their normal alignment and the edges scrape together until the broken, splintered ends meet. And you can see your flesh sort of bubbling and writhing as the muscles squirm back into the right place. And you let out a deep, relieved breath as the pain subsides entirely. And you have maybe just a, just a tiny little bit of bruising on the back of your hand. Other than that, you feel fine. And your hand works perfectly. See, Leonidas, I bet you were thinking that I wouldn't be able to cast spells if I crushed my hand. But... I had a plan. Um, so, uh, I look at him. Oh. There <laughs> you are. I see you, Glazikin. You look over to the corner, and you hear that scraping sound getting louder and more insistent, and you can hear stone crumbling and clattering to the floor, but you can't see anything. That smear of darkness that is now just pitch black is blotting out the corner of the room until you see the gleam of a large, single eye reflecting light that isn't there, staring back at you out of the darkness. I found you and your secrets. Leonidas, you don't... I'm not that I'm scared, but would you like to come with me with whatever's about to happen? Because I'm not sure if I want to go alone. And he puts his hand out with a little break gun to Leonidas. So, uh, at that point, I think we're going to flash back over to our friends and see how they're faring with their plans to try and break you out. <laughs> All right, everyone. Plan? What plan? Yeah, well, um, there, are a, there are a number of avenues you could take to try and figure out uh, a way into the Citadel. So this is this is what I have in, in, in mind. Okay, so um, a we need someone who's good at picking locks. So we gotta hire someone because I don't think any of us are good at that. I don't think any, uh, any of us have it. Edwin's pretty good at picking locks. Yeah, whoa. Whoa. You were very loud. I that was very loud. Oh, my goodness. I think you need to fix your voice box, uh, Landis. You're amplified very loudly. I mean, maybe she thought you couldn't hear him, or maybe he thought you couldn't hear him. What? You had to yell at it. You're... <laughs> Clearly. Look, I honestly believed the entire time that you had some expertise with uh, picking locks. Am I being misled or are you not actually that into crime? Well, I'm not into crime. I'm just I'm just very not noticed. Wait, I, I thought Riordan I thought Riordan got himself out of his own handcuffs in the car. I mean, he claimed he did. <laughs> Look, look, I'm not sure if that is because he is good with 
thieves tours, or rather he is, he's just a kinky little shit. So I mean a lot a lot, so if I I kinda wanted to just hire a professional, uh and then have that, you know uh because uh I don't pick locks. I've never picked locks. It's not been my thing. I don't have uh, tools. I'm stealthy and I know how to go unnoticed, like when you're hunting animals and stuff like that. I don't steal things from people. But uh, I was going to go talk to the Clover Nine and see what I can get from them and then go down to the black market and see if I can get someone to guide us to through the cartways. Okay. So, uh, having dealt with the Cloven Nine a little bit, uh, you have at least an idea of what to expect there. Um, generally, if you need something like a illicit dark conjuring, they can help you out, mm-hmm. and they're great at divination. So, if you want to try and divine up some information, they might be able to help you. The last time you helped them, you gave them a vial of devil ichor, uh, and it still took them about a day to do whatever it was you needed. Yeah. Um, uh, you also have an idea that their normal prices, without something exotic like that to offer, um, you're not sure how well that'll play out. Okay. What are their normal prices? What do I know about that? I'm looking up the information to make sure I don't tell you awry. I prefer sourdough. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All the puns. Um, I, I would ask Wotan, but I, I'm worried about pushing it, my luck with that. So it depends on what you want to know. If you want questions about a living person, a dead person, um, seeing the future, that sort of thing. <laughs> Uh, I more want to hire someone because they, we were talking about that someone would know the cartways at the Cloven Nine. No, highly unlikely okay. at the Cloven Nine. Cloven Nine, you okay. could go and buy like divination, or they could summon you a demon or a devil or something. <laughs> okay, uh, so I would just um, go to the black market then. Okay, um, going to the black market to find information is way more likely, or find someone okay. who knows the path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I'm being corporeal, I can actually pass through walls, can't I? You absolutely can. So, for I... one minute, you can pass through solid objects. I have another idea. If there is a door in the cartways that needs passing through, or in the citadel, then I can unlock it from the other side. The, the other the other portion of why we need someone who's good at picking locks is uh, because we're going to be trying to break several people out of a jail unless we get the keys, which that's... We'll have to kill some people. Hey. I'm no. whispering just in case. <laughs> okay. It sounds fine. Okay. It sounds fine. It, it, you, t- you made that adjustment on your throat, so... <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure. Sorry. Yep. It's yep. it's um uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Edwin's good okay. at picking locks. That's all I've said. 
Uh, right. So I, I will remind you that Edwin is not particularly good at picking locks. You happen to roll really well all the times you tried. Like, he has no particular skill in, in picking yeah, locks. Yeah, but he's got he that tiny little really... trail that can sneak in and help people. <laughs> he got really, really lucky. <laughs> okay. Um... Well, okay. I, I, I'm gonna go to the black market and see what I can find out, but honestly... Um, here's my, uh, you know, um, my idea of what we should do is that we should go up north to, uh, hold this tree in, uh, the Grand Duchy of Dornick. I think we need to go to a world tree, because we keep going, well, you guys weren't here for the, uh, when the whole, uh, world tree and, uh, Castle Craig and all that stuff happened, but, like... Uh, and then you know we have Riordan's vision and all that kind of stuff. Is that like, I think, I think we've been avoiding that um, for a, a good portion of time, and now whatever uh, sort of outer being as uh, Cloak stares through the fourth wall at Dan, um, he uh, <laughs> he uh, whatever whatever's going on, I think they're kind of pushing us out and making us go that way. Uh, but that's my opinion. Uh, you guys can. I thought it was rather metaphorical, but perhaps seeking it out should be on our priority list. Well, you do, you do know the story of what happened at Castle Craig, right? You have told us some information, not the entire story. I do know that your friend passed. That was, and that, that is where you found the uh, that is where you found the portion of the lexicon. Yeah. So that's where we got the lexicon. And they were using the lexicon on the tree that was there, the black oak. Um and it was they had a gate open within the tree. And they did some sort of spell that summoned some giant creature into a field, if I remember correctly. And um, it, whatever they did took the giant, horrible, nightmare given flesh. It took it from a primordial forest and dragged it into a dusty, barren, blasted wasteland. Yeah, it, it took it from, you know, a very jungle like old forest to a, you know, uh, Shit show, basically. It was, you know, desert, shitty land. I am... That's uh, incredibly fascinating, says Greymark. I'm not sure what that has to do with you getting mental help, I'm sure. I mean, you do have some skinny fingers. It's a little advantage. (laughs) But I just remembered that I have, uh, I can gain tool proficiency for ten minutes, so... Channel Divinity. Yep. Um, yeah, but... Uh, is, that, is that last forever? Like, are you always going with those tools for me? For a limited amount of time, but it is... long enough. I mean, if, I you saw... can't, if you can't oh, do it, then we can always break the locks. I mean, that's how I got in the doors before. 
Just how many times? How many times a day can I actually channel divinity? Uh, oh, twice, oh, twice. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you, you, you can recharge those on a short rest. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I still think we need a guide and someone who's good at picking locks because, you know, if you're able to do it, that's good. The more the mirror. What's gonna, what's gonna be our story for this person? The reason we made to get to the partway is for... I mean, I'm paying, I'm gonna pay them. I'm gonna take my own money and I'm gonna give them money. And they're not going to ask questions. We're just going to do what we're going to pay them to do. Like Landis over here, who just does shit for money. I mean, money is important. Uh, Greymark smiles and says, it'll make most of your problems go away if you spend it in the right place. All right, so it sounds like you're more or less sorted then. You're going to go to the cartways, deal with those blood-sucking information brokers. Good luck. Uh, and find yourselves a way through the tunnels into the bowels of the citadel, yeah? Yeah. How are you going to not get caught? On... Can I get a raise on the well, sky? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, go ahead and make a, a wisdom insight check. Can I assist? Nope. To give her advantage? Okay. <laughs> How are oh, you going to assist? You're going like, to like pull her aside, have a sidebar, take notes? All right, but just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this you is know, your game plan. Quickly uh, at I, him as well. Yeah. I with my um, at everyone. With my efficiency bonus, twenty-three. Twenty-three. Damn. All right. Uh, that's pretty good. Let me double check something real quick because I rolled high, but maybe not that high. Stack lock. Where is it? Show me. Uh, all right. Um, so what are you trying to, to get off of him? Just kind of a, a top level assess of, you know, gut feel on him or what? Mm. Uh, so he seems pretty sincere about what he said, that he sees value in you folks and Glass in particular for whatever reason and is willing to expend what is probably considerable personal resources, both financially and um, politically, to to help out. And he's doubling down on his whole idea, which was to get you guys out before you got in jail, and now he's having to improvise. Um, he seems frustrated about where the situation has gone, but he is very composed about it and is like, well, life happens and we deal with it. And now he's just... He's just dealing with it one step at a time. And those steps have led him here. Well, so nothing suspicious. Okay. Eh. Uh, he seems sincere based on what he's been telling you. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, clearly he uh, has motives that you're not able to discern, but yeah. You, you don't get the fact that he's, uh, you, you, don't, you don't get any read on him like he's trying to double cross you or anything like that. Well, um, honestly, like, I, the answer, uh, his question, Graymark's question, um, I, honestly, I, I think we just need to get the fuck out of here after we get this done. Like, yeah. honestly, I mean, we need to go somewhere else for a while and then maybe come back. Fair enough. Uh, 
he turn he looks over to Tilly and says, uh, "You mentioned that you have a boat. Is that your plan to get out if things go uh, wrong?" I mean, I don't see any other way um, for now, unless our friends have a different means mm-hmm. of transportation or a quick exit. You know, that may be difficult to get the bear out of the boat. Oh, we have a bear. Um, and the dog. Might... I don't know if I have a boat anymore. I don't. I have to sell it and get a bigger boat. I don't know. All right, Honestly, look. Like... Um, where's where's your boat berthed? Uh, it's at the harbor, just right out. All right, so you, you tell him basically where it's where it's tied yeah. up, what what pier number or whatever it's on. He's yeah, like, all right, we never got uh, I'll I'll have some people take care of that. Uh, so it's ready for you just in case. I will you make sure other... that there's there's a, a bear at the dancing bear that make with the uh, there is not, you not want a, me to not, buy the, the not, not, bear? not the dancing bear. There's another bear named Bear at the dancing oh. bear. It's my bear that would like to escape with us. So Interesting. Do you have folks All who right. know bear? Or I think I can find some people who will deal with it. So you want the bear from the dancing bear. Your not bear. the dancing this bear. The non-dancing bear. She doesn't right. dance. Uh, okay. when, when I'll, see, people, I'll see to your bear. Hey. I, I, I just want to let you know, we might not be coming back. So if... I mean, bear knows Paula, so... I have a feeling you're going to leave the bear with Paula. So Paula says, uh, if I go in there with you and everything comes down around our ears, I'm going to have to leave as well. So I mean, bear will come with us then. Uh, it'd be hard to fit into the... She, um, she, she has, uh, her expression is very torn currently. At this point, that Rowan is just is giving her the eye and just looking at Paula. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very. You, what are your intentions, you, my daughter? You're you're asking me to to break into the Citadel. I mean, if if you're not comfortable with it, you could always keep stay back, keep an ear. Let us know if, well, you know. I, I do want to point starts. out, Les did have the heart of flame. Oh, shit. He did. I, I... I... They're not acting in any way against their oaths of service or their duty as the people who protect the city. Or it's, or it's citizens. I can't do this, and she looks like it was painful for her to say that. Okay, I mean, I don't understand though how it is within their uh, duties to court a prisoner and not hold a trial or have a questioning about any efforts belonging to that person. Everything happening, no everything happening surrounding Glass doesn't make any sense right now. Everyone is doing everything they can to get their way. Uh, I will 
make sure you have a safe place to go. And if you need to get out of the city, I'll help you. But I can't break into the Citadel and maybe kill anyone in there. Or I, I can't be a part of that. I mean, is it going to affect you if we have to the... Yeah. You're going to do what you're going to do. And she kind of smiles warmly at you. I... Well, will you have I'll to make sure you have the sa- I'll make sure you have the safest road out of there that you possibly can. And if you need to get out of the city, I'll help you. I hope it won't come to that. I, I mean, I understand. I... All right. Okay. So, plan is to go to the cartways. Uh, yeah, to the black market. Well, at least cloak is. I don't know what anyone else is doing. Uh, we should probably stick together, is what I'm thinking. Okay. Are okay, we? So the plan is get bear and then sell the boat, or are we keeping the boat? I mean, Grey Mark's Gray... taking care of that. Oh. So I'm assuming he's getting us a bigger boat. Okay. No, go ahead. Um, um, I think the closest tree that we can get to is Holdest Tree. Um, that's up in the Temerian Forest. Um, I'll have to look at a map to figure it out because um, the best route, but we just need to get north out of here, right? And I don't think there's any rivers that go north that can really take us up that far. It's hard to say. Maybe there is, but I think it doesn't. Uh, I don't think the river goes up all the way. I'm not sure. I mean, traveling so with the river might be our quickest way to at least another area to then trade the boat and get a different way to travel even further north. But I don't think on foot with all of us is going to be the quickest. Right, so so your plan is to try and get to a world tree. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, for now, I mean that's that's entirely possible, but that's a long journey. the The two closest world trees are either Holda's tree or um, we don't talk about the other tree, the tree of Sulf. No. no. There's a reason why Cloak didn't bring that one up. Or, you know, the Black Cypress on the other side of the Wastes. Oh, yeah, that, that one's so close. <laughs> or one I mean, really far up north. There's none super close to Zobek, so... No. But this is uh, this is his plan. That he's brought up to them. Whether they do it or not, that's up to them. Why but, a tree? Uh, <laughs> Uh, because, um, there's a squirrel that talked to Riordan, and he set the tree on fire. Alright, so we're looking for the squirrel? Uh, I don't know. Alright, so, uh, the plan is to head into the cartways, yeah? Before we get uh, sidetracked yeah, yes. on the squirrel business. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, I, um, Landis genuinely doesn't know why we would be going to tr- try to find a world tree. That's all. Right. Ah. 
You're not looped into it's that. It's so kind I of just... a long story <laughs> that we might have to tell you as we make our way somewhere because it's a big deal. Uh, she had like dreams about it before we ever came down here, just like nudging over it, um, Rowan. Right. It's that's pretty much how we all got connected. Was this square tree burning vehicle? Huh. Okay. And if you guys think that's better than a city with, you know, restaurants, and stuff, that's fine. Know. Why are you yelling at me? I shh, we got to keep quiet where we're going. All right, so uh, Cloak can lead the way down into the into the cartways, and you've been to the black market enough times that you have a pretty reliable route to get there. Uh, and as it is uh, pretty late in the evening at this point, it's likely that while there may not be any huge business in full swing, there's definitely going to be people there. Okay. Um, I'm going to go down to... Uh, where Thrick hangs out, where the Black Shields are. Okay. Um, so, uh, is, is everybody else going to, or just Cloak? I'm assuming we're all going. Okay. That's fine I by me. No problem. All right. So, uh, you all make your way. You have pretty carefully scouted and planned out. You find your way through the tunnels uh, with relative safety. You take a few detours to avoid um, some figures or creatures that you uh, detect in the distance or that Puff Puff hears or smells before they fall upon you. And you make your way into the large, wide tunnels that lead into that great vaulted gallery that is the Cartway's Black Market. There is light burning up ahead. You see the light of many torches and lanterns, and you can hear the din of voices sort of echoing out of the black market and down the tunnel. You can see the large iron portcullises that block off the black market are all standing open, and those uh, various guards that are sort of rotated through uh, the numerous shadier organizations that thrive in and among the cartways sort of offer as security for the black market. They give you a close eyeing as you come in, and one of them seems to recognize you, Cloak, at least, and sort of gives you a little nod of recognition, and uh, they don't accost you as you head into the black market. There are uh, tents and awnings and vendor stalls set up on either side of this wide vault ceilinged gallery, and there are these massive square brick columns that run the length of the the area itself that hold this that hold the ceiling up toward the far side of the chamber one of those columns has a, a wooden staircase wrapping around it up to a turret like like a, like a hanging turret sort of house built around the column up at the ceiling uh, there is a crowd of people sort of near but not at the the stage, the race stages where the slave auctions happen. It doesn't look like there's any sort of auction happening tonight. Uh, so people are just sort of gathered there, uh, chatting, plying their, their illicit business. And you can see uh, a few handfuls of people sort of circulating amongst the vendors and the stalls, buying anything ranging from... Uh, drugs and other controlled substances like poisons to exotic or illegal spell components to uh, assassination services. Any manner of just about anything can be found down here with the right price and the right time. Uh, 
So you head over to where you saw Thrick hanging out last time, but you don't see him in the area. Uh, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of action there. Um, and when you saw him there the first time, it looks like that was gearing up for a big slave auction. So that might have been the kind of the action that drew Thrick uh, to the market on that particular night. And I know where the Black Shields hang out, though, right? I mean, yeah, you could probably circulate around and find a Black Shield or two. Okay. Um, as soon as I find one, um, I will uh, have, like, a gold piece palmed and, like, palm their hand and be like, ah, uh, take me the throat. Okay. Uh, so the, the, black pe- the, the Black Shield takes the coin and is like... Um, uh, I'm sorry, Thrick's not around tonight. Um, he's got business Persu- up in the city. Where? Persuasion. I just kind of just kind of shrugs and shakes her head. It's a matter. It is a matter of life or death. We require Thrick. Uh, well, look. If you want to get a message to him, I can pass it along, and he'll get it eventually. I don't. Have I don't know exactly where. I don't know exactly where he is. Okay, where is uh, where's the one lady, the shield lady? Kai. Kai. Uh, where's Kai? <sighs> Look, I get that whatever this is has got to be important. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Okay, who can uh, help can me? I... We're in that direction. <laughs> can I do a sending to Thrick? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I'm arguing close. with this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ron just sort of taps her temple while you're so arguing. So you've you have met and are familiar with Vandessian Thrick, so you can go ahead and come up with a 25 word message that you would like to send to him. Uh, do I know how to count to 25? Let's see. <laughs> In the cartways, need your assistance. Regarding Citadel business of utmost importance, meet us there as soon as possible. Okay. Um, So you cast your spell, you you speak your message, and uh, a few moments later, you hear Thrick's voice. Uh, you you have met and spoken with him, haven't you, Rowan? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he would, he would recognize you. That's right. Uh, all right, so his voice kind of uh, booms back to you a little bit louder than you, than you anticipated. Oh, Rowan, um, Citadel business. Not sure what assistance I can be. Can you be more specific? Also, where in the cartways? I oh, suppose shit. I would assume the black market. It'll take me a while. And then you hear, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, No, that wasn't you. I have to. And then it cuts off. (sighs) Uh, He may be able to provide assistance, but he is not sure what kind. What exactly... I, um... Messaged Thrick 
Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Okay, well, um... If it should be something I can do, yes. I have done this many times before. You haven't done it to me, so no. Um, well, um... Can I track him? Uh, if you had a trail to follow, yes. But that's not like a, it's not like a homing beacon. We, yeah, we are requiring um, what okay. kind of assistance, Cloak? A really guide? Need to hire, uh, we need to hire a guide who can also, uh, is your best lockpick. Who knows how to get to the Citadel from the Cartwrights. As we're saying this quietly in the middle of the fucking black market. I was gonna say, uh, so the, the, the black shield you've been arguing with kind of like has an ear over his shoulder and, and turns over and says, oh shit, uh, well, I mean, I can tell you that we're not gonna have anybody that knows anything about that. Like, we come down here to do business, but, I mean, we're mercenaries. We don't, we're a mercenary company, think- soldiers. We don't do that kind of thing. I Are mean, you if, you want, if you want, if you want... Yeah, if you want that sort of stuff, you're going to have to talk to one of the one of the info brokers, like um, Underhill. Okay, uh, do I know where they are? Um, so when when uh, when she mentions Underhill, you remember Radu Underhill, the Darakul, uh, who lives up in that hut that 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 house, that cottage that's built up on the column oh, or, uh, up at the yeah. ceiling. Okay, uh, I said, okay, I gotta go. I'll be back. Uh, and then, uh, look at, like, Tilly and, uh, Rowan and Landis, uh, and go, and I guess Riordan is with us. Um, wait, do I know the Dracul and, uh, the Dampiers do not get along? Um, well, in recent years, like in the last decade or so, you know that the, the, the vampires of the, the Blood Principalities and the Darakul Empire forged an alliance, and the ghouls helped them sack the the nation of Krakova. Okay. So, on some level, you know that their, like, official governments do have an alliance and an, and an understanding. Mm-hmm. So, on that note, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't mind if Rear didn't say it, because uh, I didn't know if there, that was the thing. Yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, so, uh, so you're gonna go knock on his door or what? Yeah. Okay. So you uh, you head over toward the the spiraling staircase, climb your way up. It's a little bit creaky and rickety, just enough to be somewhat uncomfortable. Uh, and you head up and knock on the door up at the top. After a moment, you hear a lock throw, and the door opens, and a sort of really smartly dressed um, well I would say uh, I would say a person but you know it's a little rough opens the door uh, it is Radu Underhill who you've seen uh, was was talking quite amiably with Kane the last time you guys were down here uh, he is a Darakul which means he's an undead ghoul his ears are slightly pointy his skin is this uh, ashen gray with a faint bluish cast to it, and you can see these greenish mm-hmm. veins peek up from under the collar of his silk shirt, and he's wearing a, uh, a black sort of velvet frock coat and a uh, sharp sweeping widow's peak and just kind of slicked back on his scalp. His eyes are red. Lock? What's that? Does he have a devil lock? 
A de- no, no, not at all. Widow's Peak, okay. not a devil lock. Okay. <laughs> and he uh, he smiles too broadly. His lips just sort of pull back from his teeth in this rictus, and his teeth are these interlocking needles uh, behind his lips there. And he tilts his head a little bit, and he says, Ah, Cloak, it is a pleasure to see you. I, and his face kind of, his expression casts, uh, casts down a moment, and he says, I am so sorry to hear about the bounty hunter. Cain was a good man. Uh, yeah, no, he, he was very good. I, it was very sad to, that that happened. We all, we all had our morning about it. But uh, I'm, I'm here to talk about um, um, other stuff, other business. Uh, can I come in? He sort of looks back and he says, I don't usually allow clients in, but I will make an exception just this once. Come in. Okay. And you are your associates here as well. And d- did you guys follow me? Yeah. But oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So he, uh, he steps uh, aside uh, and uh, he steps aside and just sort of sweeps a gesture with his long fingered hands and uh, gestures into the into the interior of his home. Then do come in and make yourselves comfortable. Oh, okay. And then Cloak just walks in with Puff Puff. Yep. Uh, he sort of looks down and uh, arches an eyebrow as Puff Puff comes in. And as each of you file into the room, he, uh, he shuts the door and uh, sort of relaxes his smile a little. And the tip of his way too long tongue sort of flicks out past his teeth and wets his lower lip. So, can I offer you refreshment? I do keep something suitable for those of the breathing persuasion. Some wine, perhaps. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm okay. Thank you, though. Um, I, I, I'm sorry that the kind of, we're, we're kind of in a hurry. Um, do you remember Glass? Uh, the Troll King, yes, of course. Uh, well, he's in a little bit of a predicament, and uh, I need some assistance. Um, I'm gonna need, uh, I want to hire someone who can guide us to, uh, the, in the cartways to get to, uh, under the citadel and inside the citadel from there. And it's also good at clicking locks. Oh, very interesting. You know, I like you, Cloak, but this is an expensive proposition. A safe way into the citadel is not easy to come by, even for one of my talents. Mm-hmm. If not safe, then stealthy. Well, safe is relative. There is safe is relative. Identity not known by the citadel. I consider that safe. Hmm. I can't guarantee that, but I can arrange for you to find a way in through the cartways. There are old catacombs, you see, ancient burial tunnels. They connect to some of the old abandoned mine works that the cobalts use. Hmm. I, yeah, I did see a, co- a couple of cobalts when I was looking for an entrance down there. So let us discuss price. 
Okay. Do you have anything to offer, or do you simply wish to pay this coin? Uh, actually, let me look at my items real quick. I don't know if I have... What is it that you desire? He sort of sweeps an appraising look over the assembled company and says, I would not insult you by asking for some of my usual requests. You would find them distasteful, I think. And I would not uh, dream of sullying our good relationship. Uh, that, so knowing, knowing, yeah, knowing what you know of Darakul and their diet and the fact that they are heavily involved in the slave trade, there's a little bit of a, a, a creep crawl to your flesh when he talks about the things he would normally be interested in. Cloak is fine. If we are going to have a transaction in simple but useful coin, this is a ding. That's a lot of money. I wasn't expecting it to be that fun. Um, Indeed it is. We like glass, but... (laughs) I don't think we have the money. Um... Um, okay. How much would I over to close. How much gold did we get from that one place you remember? The fire and the trap? Well, I mean, I got, I got, and I'm like whispering, I was like, I got like 3,000 in the bank, but, um, that's all I got. Didn't you carry, didn't you carry the bars and yeah. yeah, and I, then I split it up between you guys. I don't know what you guys did with the money. I, I put my money in the bank, and I haven't really spent it. Tilly's just, it. like, reminding herself of all the ale that she's bought and bought <laughs> and bought now, like... You guys found, like, 15,000 gold in that coffin. <laughs> was it 15,000? It was, like, 12 or 15. It was a lot. I, only, I mean, I you divided it amongst you. Right, you divided it amongst you. Right, I mean, amongst you. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who spent got seven, their gold. I got seven yeah, grand. Oh, how, however much from uh, the owner of the silk scabbard as well. Right, yeah. yes. He, he gave you quite a bit, too. And so, I mean, but between all of you, I'm pretty sure you could come together and uh, and make his price. Until um, he's going to nudge you know, Cloak. Like, like, the only trick is you're missing Glaz's portion, but you yeah. are, yes. But Glaz has, I, I mean, I was just looking, Glaz has almost 4,000 gold before the guys took it, so it's some, the gold is somewhere, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, so I don't, but yeah, I don't know how much Tilly and Rowan have currently. So, how much do you guys have? 3,000. If it's the okay, same so. as the original divide, I would probably say about 3,000. Maybe a little. You'd have less, minus, minus a little bit because you, yeah, yeah, you've been living, you've been living large, but even that's not going to make a huge dent into it. Uh, and Cloak doesn't really spend this money; he likes hoards it. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so if we all, uh, I'm trying to do the math right now, uh, which I'm going to get a calculator out. How much does Reardon that- have? Also, we're oh, going to probably do some gang You know, 
I've got, uh, I mean, I've been giving a lot of it away, uh, and I did buy Janiel a house, so. Uh, one, two, three, four. Is there anything of not monetary or necessarily physical which you would still find value in? There's any number of possibilities. Um, I suppose it depends on what you're willing to do. I'm sure we have many talents. So are you guys... I mean, you guys can make the, the, the money pretty sure uh, between all of you. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's a way that we can lower down the price. Uh, I mean, if you want to try and talk him down, you can, sure. Forgive me, what was um, what were we buying for? Still loud. Right, mm-hmm. right. Still loud. Yeah, I think whatever whatever Will did to your mic is still happening. Um, yeah, so they are paying an information broker who is a, uh, a, a Darakul, uh, a, a ghoul in the cartways, for a means to get you into the underbelly of the Citadel. Relatively safely. What... What do I know of the of the Darakul? Um, why don't you make me an intelligence, arcana, history, or religion? Your choice. Check. Uh, yeah, arcana or religion are the same, so... Okay. okay. Oh, that was a 19 plus 8, so... Ooh, so 27. That one. All right. Uh, so you know quite a bit of the, about the Darakul. Um, you know that uh, they are a they're a form of ghoul. Um, they're more like ghasts, but even uh, even more powerful still. They don't lose their mental faculties as quickly or as thoroughly as ghouls do. In fact, they retain all of their cunning. Uh, in fact, they have a thriving civilization that exists in the underground uh, tunnels that honeycomb. Uh, the, the deep, hidden places of Midgard. Um, you know that they mostly keep to themselves, but they raid to the surface for slaves and for uh, meat because they eat humanoids is their, uh, their particular diet. They eat humanoid flesh. And you know that uh, many of them spread a virulent fever uh, through their bite that uh, if you succumb to it, the best you can hope for is that it will kill you. And uh, in other cases, y- if you die, you may well become one of them. It is uh, s- very simply but effectively known as Darakul fever. Um, they are just like other ghouls. They tend to paralyze people that they, they scratch with their claws. Um, they are ruled by an incredibly powerful um, necromantic emperor. Uh, and you know they have whole thriving cities beneath uh, in the tunnels beneath. And you know that there used to be other civilizations down there that have been basically wiped to the edge of extinction uh, by the by the Ghoul, the Darakul Imperium, the Ghoul Empire. Um, you know that they worship a god of hunger uh, called Vardasane, and that they are basically his blessed chosen children. It's difficult to know what to trade with you, apart from coin or, uh, well, the blood price. 
He offers that way too wide grin again. Well, then I suppose we could think of anything else that would be of value to another customer that I might trade. You are successful adventurers. I'm sure you have discovered treasures in your travels, or perhaps information or favors that could be traded. If there is information Hmm. you wish to know. That's what I'm trying to been racking my brain about. What do I know? Hmm. Is there anything Uh, you wish to know? There are secrets hidden within the Arkin Collegium that would be most useful. Uh, I have a library card. Hmm. Perhaps a start, but I think not enough. I Perhaps if Glazishin. If Glazishin were willing to procure some of their secrets, if you bring those to me, then I would trade you what I know and what I have. Once Glaz is free, you shall have your secrets. Hmm. So you wish to make this transaction on credit? And his uh, his tone Partially. would suggest that he's not super into that idea. Partially. Mm. Coin and information. All right. Uh, go ahead and make a charisma persuasion check, Moth. Oh, boy. Um, and he said blood. I mean, Rowan said blood. Persuasion? Mm-hmm. Was that? Yes. Uh, only 15. 15? Okay. Runs across each one as he thinks. He looks at you, narrowing his uh, blood red eyes, and says, The reputation of your companions precedes you, and I have never known you to deal in bad faith. He looks over at Cloak and sort of nods his head slightly. So, for the price of 4,000 griffins and the promise of these secrets from the Collegium once you have reunited with Glazishin, I will agree. I mean, I don't know if we can get a promise from him specifically, but how about if your information is good? Because I haven't done any dealings with you, if you don't mind me saying... But if your information is good and leads to our success, we might could bring Glass back here and you can discuss it with him based on his. I mean. I am absolutely not closing this transaction for the price of future negotiation. I'm sorry, no. What about information about uh, the Margaret Forest and uh, and then. uh, uh, But he's saying this in uh, Darkool. And uh, about. About grandmother. He uh, he arches an eyebrow a little bit when you speak Darakul at him. Uh, and he responds in Darakul, so the rest of you won't understand it. I have no interest or care for the Magri forest. That cursed wood can keep all of its own meat. And grandmother. 
I'm not fool enough to truck with her. Hmm. Mm, what other what other prices are? Uh, it's completely in dark. Well, it's like I'm looking for a blood pigment. There is always a fair to healthy price to be fetched for slaves with the proper skill sets. Mm. So they're speaking in dark. They're speaking in dark hole right now. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Because you know, I'm going to be straight with you. You know, like we might not be able to stay in the city after this goes down, depending on how things go. Right. Hmm. That would be unfortunate. What about the uh, a secret that no one knows about? And you are not making me optimistic for accepting payment in the future for my services. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm being straight with you. I'm not bullshitting you. I understand, and I appreciate that. So I think perhaps it's best if we keep our transaction to currency upfront. Uh, Since you have nothing tangible, part? you have nothing tangible to offer. Hmm. What about information about me, Hmm. Too far away to be of any real interest to me now. But I may keep that in mind for the future. Okay. Do you um, accept information of your own future? <laughs> That I can get on my own. Thank you, though. <laughs> it was well shot. Um, so, at this point, uh, Cloak would be like, um, I'm trying to see if he has anything else on him, and I don't think he does. Um... So the problem is many of the things he might want or ask for will take you time to procure. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, I'll turn to them and get them in a huddle and be like, look, we don't have the time. We can't promise the collegiate secrets uh, because I, here's the problem. We're not going to be here. Right. Like we may have to leave like right away. And like, this is not someone we want to hurt because that will come back and bite us in the ass very hard. Tilly's like, I don't understand why you're working for a discount. We had the 7000 in the first place. I, I mean, that's fine, but I'm saying, like, let's say we redo this job, right? And shit goes bad, we have to leave, and we go dink on this deal that we made, right? Like, this, this is not somebody you want to fuck with. <laughs> like, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. Well, I mean, like, if we I can't promise the fact that, that we can't, we can't promise the fact that Glass can go back here, then we can't take the second offer. Or we have to go with the first, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. He, uh, Radu, at this point, sort of steeples his fingers uh, and and nods his head and says, "Yes, uh, at this point, your Riva friend is most astute. It is unfortunately clear that this business is in enough question that we should." Uh, Keep our transaction simple and conclude it immediately. 
So he uh, he goes into uh, a side room. He holds up a finger and comes back uh, with a dark, polished, lacquered wooden box with brass hinges and a clasp. And he sets it on the table and places one hand on it. And he says, I have what you require here. And it will not even require any extra discretion, for I will not be sending anyone with you. Not in the traditional sense. Okay. Uh, so, between the four of us, Rudin, Moth, or and not Moth, uh, Rowan, uh, and Tilly, and I, <laughs> um, there'd be uh, 1750 gold between all of us. Each. Hi. I'm not planning on buying a home, am I? What do you think? She nudges him. <laughs> well, it's, it's a wonderful investment, so I hear. All right, I so mean, you I'm guys scra- to scrape together the cash? Yep. Yeah. Okay. You uh, you gather the coin together and uh, offer it out to him. So he uh, he collects it all on the table. That's a lot of money. Uh, the, the, the table groans under the weight of all that gold. And he uh, satisfied smiles broadly and pr- pushes the uh, the little little chest uh, across the the remainder of the table towards you. He says, "There, you need only take what is inside there. You uh, activate it, and then you whisper to it where you wish to go. It was created using the gears of the clockwork mummy of Saint Heviticus." The priests of Rava would be most distressed to know the use that their relics have been put to. I would not recommend allowing them to know you have it. Okay, and I put it in the handy haversack that I got. Okay. Alright, so uh, uh, he, he spreads his arms wide and he says, This has been a wonderful pleasure. Thank you for your business. Ah, hopefully we can do it again uh, another time. I shall make prayers for your safe return, and I wish you all success. All right, well, adios. And (laughs) Cloak just leaves with the top (laughs) All right, you're out. So uh, Radu Radu sees you all out and uh, just sort of, you know, yeah, Sees you all out of his home and goodbye, goodbye, and shuts the door. Yeah, I'm going to be satiated. All right, so there you have it. Uh, so what now? Is it uh, time to open up the box and see what you got? I want to uh, take it out. I, w- I want to go somewhere where there's not people around and kind of peek sure. at it. You guys take it I'm out of the black market somewhere else in the cartways, wherever you want to go. Come on, we've got to shoot this, uh, this unboxing video. It, did Landis's <laughs> voice box get fixed? Uh, Rowan will just tap tap on the metal the metal man's skull. Everything in order? No. No, oh, sorry, Birdie. Well, I'm an, I'm an excellent lip reader. If you want to just pretend like you know what you want to say, and then I'll. Tell everybody what you probably said. Not a hundred percent, but maybe more like eighty. Wait, does he have lips? 
don't let him think. Damn, lips. Let him have the lips. Don't tell them. Don't yeah. tell them he can't have them. Lightus has lips. <laughs> sort of. Metal lips. All right. So you take the box elsewhere. Nobody else is around. You, uh, you carefully open it up. Uh, inside, there is a red velvet lining and nestled in the kind of a depression in the center cushion uh, of the bottom of the box is a little contraption of brass and springs and cogs and copper and iron. And there is a large sort of uh, butterfly winged key sticking out of the back of this thing. It's probably okay. about the size of uh, maybe about the size of a grapefruit, and it's kind of uh, it's got like struts and little uh, little bars, and there's joints on it somewhere. But it looks like it's just kind of folded into a rough ball. Okay, um, I think at this point, then uh, I look at everyone and be like, okay, um, should we get all of our affairs in order and then get ready to go? I am ready whenever you all are. I hesitate to leave him in there much longer. No, uh, Greymark uh, seemed to imply that he would take care of the boat and the bear. I don't, I, don't, yep. I mean, no offense to the bear, don't don't tell her it said this. She's not a very good sneak, I feel like. So we're just going to have to do without her. I'm sure he'll be with her just fine. Okay. Tiny. Uh, I'm uh, well, if we're ready to go now, let's go now. Alright. Alright. Okay. Uh, and then I would uh, get into the cartways where I got to before to kind of lead everyone, where I was kind of in that area. Um, yep. And um, I would uh, take out the butterfly key uh, and then whisper to it and be like, Get us to get us to the under uh, entrance and the cartway is to the citadel. All right. So you said this to what the the, the little key sticking out of the thing's back? Yeah, or uh, sticking out of the ball. All right. Um, so you whisper to it and you kind of set it down and nothing happens. You have to wind it up. Have Have you tried turning the key? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wind it. All right, so you start turning the key, and there's resistance, and it does indeed start to wind, and it's a, a series of little ratcheting clicks every time you uh, you rotate the key. So you spend uh, a few seconds just sort of winding it up as much as you can uh, until it hits a stop and can't be wound any further. Okay, I whispered the same thing at it again. Yep, you whisper the same thing again, and as soon as you do, the gears click and clack and clatter to life. <laughs> All of those little struts and brass things flash open, and the figure unrolls into a intricate clockwork spider, and it kind of flops off of your hands and down to the damp stones at your feet. <laughs> It clatters down the uh, the hallways a few feet, stops, turns back around, and looks at you. And there is a varnished, desiccated humanoid eyeball in the center of what would be the spider's face or head. Oh. 
it doesn't have anything in the way of jaws or anything like that. No fangs. Uh, and it kind of flicks its glassy eye toward each of you and then gives a little shudder and with a clattering uh, whisper of clicks and whirs, spins and takes off down the hallway. Moving pretty quick. I take off. I take off after <laughs> Rowan's All right, you running. take off after the thing. Uh, Puff Puff can't help but let out a little bark of joy as she uh, just kind of darts off after it. Uh, so the rest of you, yeah, you you run through the cartways, and this thing begins taking you on a maddeningly circuitous route. Uh, it takes you through tunnels that look like they would be taking you in, in precisely the wrong direction. Uh, at one point, you find a crack in the floor that you're pretty sure wasn't an established part of these tunnels, but have just broken into kind of a fissure in the ground. It scuttles through the hole and you have to squeeze after it uh, through a half-flooded fissure of rock that takes you probably underneath the river up to the other side into an old uh, burial catacomb that has long since been scavenged and robbed. And it leads you on another twisting, winding route through some unlikely places, through crumbled masonry and uh, the collapsed foundation of buildings that were demolished long ago, that if you were left to your own devices, Cloak, you would never have picked this out as a viable route to try and find your way through. So it takes you probably the better part of half an hour to follow this twisting, winding spaghetti bowl of a path that this clattering clockwork eyeball spider leads you through. It uh, seems able to cling on walls and clamber upside down on ceilings, so it really has no trouble getting wherever it needs to go. You leave a fair bit of skin behind as you squeeze through rocky uh, cracks and, uh, and collapsed tunnels, but you are definitely making your way where you need to be. Glass. In the cell, there's something in here with you now. The corner is pooled in liquid shadow, these thick blankets of darkness that your vision can't penetrate. But that eye is still there. And a scaly gnarled hand with long claws reaches out from the darkness and uncurls its fingers and something bright drops out of its grasp and clatters to the floor with a metallic ting, 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 ting. I have brought you a secret. Don't don't show any fear, uh, Leonidas. Um, I look at whatever has been dropped as this what big is... trollkin of a guy is kind of... So the, uh, the, the clawed hand uh, retracts into the darkness, and now all you can see is that eye again and the kind of a, a slight flash of teeth as the, the lips that you can't quite make out peel back. You look down at the stones, and there is a small silver ring with little black tarnish marks marring its surface. Oh, 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 oh. Is this my ring? Yeah. Do I recognize it? It, it, it? it looks like it, yeah. Um, Glaz sort of is doing this really 
I'm, I'm uh, well, gawky because he's not the most dexterous person, but he's kind of doing that sort of like getting low and trying to stay underneath this portal and out of reach of the hand to try to, you know, maybe like grab it with his foot and sort of kick it over to him because he doesn't, there is some fear in him that that hand might grab onto him and yank him into the portal. <laughs> Um, every time you move, every time you shift, that eye that seems to gleam that bizarre luminous green of an animal's in the dark is just locked on you. Wherever you go, it's following you. Uh, th thank you for bringing my my ring. Um, did grandmother send you? Um, if she did, tell her thank you very much. I do appreciate it. We will have tea again soon. The, uh, grabs the ring. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you snatch the ring and as soon as you do you feel that cold metal in your palm and you can hear that that faint whisper the the more normal soothing sort of whispered voice of walker in your mind hello glass are you all right walker. well um i have these uh anti-magic cuffs on i i thought we could be clever and maybe they were not thinking about Trolkin when they made them, but um, well, they are very clever and they are well made, and I was correct in my original assessment. Um, so it didn't work. Uh, yes, it seems that it seems that they have gone to considerable expense to see that you can't escape. I think I might be able to help. I I didn't remember for so long. I. I was in grandmother's clutches for so long. Things happen to you when you're there. You forget. You forget who you were. Her stories replace yours. And for a long time, I forgot. I still don't remember so much. But I remember a little. I was able to find someone to help. And you get this sort of pulsing sort of throb that sort of runs through your awareness. And it's almost like it gives you the sense that the ring is like nodding towards the shadows and the creature that's there. Oh, he's with you. Um, yes. The secrets whisper to me. And so I brought them to you. So I could have yours. Walker, um, that sounds a little creepy. Normally the friends that I make are a little fuzzier and nicer, and he holds up Leonidas. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes we have to make do with what we can find. Are we in debt to this creature now? I believe it's being paid right now for everything it wants. The eye blinks slowly once, and you feel this, like, prickle on the back of your neck. Oh, well then. You have so many secrets. They actually are indexed quite nicely. If you kind of, if you visualize them, it's almost like a little filing cabinet, and there's, like, little notes with them, so, uh... Use them well. Um, be good. Uh. <laughs> the uh, the hand 
which has only three fingers and a thumb, big, gnarled, knobbly-knuckled, long, dark claws, leathery skin, kind of reaches out of the darkness and scratches on the stones and vanishes back into the black. But it doesn't say anything else. Just keeps staring at you. And uh, Walker kind of gives a little jump in your hand and says, I was hoping that I could simply whisk you out of here as I did when we fought the vampires. But those things on your wrists are going to stop me. That was my idea as well. I figured if I could at least get one off, I would be able to reach out to the lay magic and to the weave and just enough to dimension door my way out of the citadel far enough away that I could run, but they're quite uh, pesky, these uh, little enchanted manacles. Little bits and pieces, Glass. I think I remember enough to get you out of here despite those chains. Well, that would be much appreciated. Um, I was bluffing a little bit when I was telling the uh, the main sergeant that I could uh, take whatever he could dish out. No, I really don't like that. I used to get really, really like out of commission for like three days whenever I would get like the poison ivy rash, and I was like out, done. And <laughs> so I don't think that it's going to be very nice because he seems like he knows what his business is. All right. So uh, the the ring gives another little jump in your palm and says, put me on and I'll see what I can do. Of course. And if there's anything I can do to help, just let me. I And he slips the ring so on. You slip the ring on. Um, you still kind of feel Walker's presence and hear the voice, although now it's sort of muffled and distorted and it kind of rings through that pain uh, behind your eyes. And he says... It will be difficult, but I think I can. We will have to leave part of you behind, at least for a little while. Your friends are going to need your help. They're walking into a trap. Oh. But wait, they're coming back? They're coming here now. Oh, why are they be? Do they not think through anything? Have they learned nothing? I've told them so many times. You plan, you put everything out. You don't just run in on willy-nilly. I bet they went down and made deals with devils again. The voice sort of cuts through your tirade and says, Glass, if they took the time to plan, it's likely you'd be dead. But, hey, it'll just be one now. Yo, I... Okay, fine. I understand. They're being nice. I would do the same. I would do the same. What I can't do is get your things back from these knights, and we cannot let them have it. You understand? So, we need to go. You can get me out of here, but we can't leave until we get the pages and everything else. I understand. It's they cannot... Com- complicated to explain, but you have the right of it. If you can help me, I can get you out. We will leave a little of you behind so you can help your friends. 
I'm afraid I can't get them out as well. I would if I could. Okay. Let's... Let's do this. Now, what I need to do, I think I could some time ago do it myself, but because of how much I've forgotten and those chains, I can't do it. I need your help. We require a life. I'm sorry okay. for that. Well, is it... I understand that sometimes sacrifices must be made, but I will carry this weight with me. Know that whatever life we take, I am going to try to make right with whoever they have left behind because of their assistance to me. There's a, uh, there's a feeling of gentleness that sort of washes over you a little bit. Any life will do. A, a humanoid life? Any life. Oh. There's, there's a spark in all things living. It will have what we need to do what I can't. I'm sorry. A little glimmer of radiance. We just need a spark. I'm going to need a moment. <laughs> the, gleaming, the gleaming green eye kind of rotates and you hear the popping of vertebra as the eye continues to watch you. It leans forward just enough for you to barely make out a skull-like face that the eye takes up easily the entire upper half of the head. And there's a, a grinning rictus of sharp teeth beneath it and it turns the other way and you hear its neck pop again and then it leans back. I'm going to need a moment, Walker. Just a Go moment. Ahead. Oh, my little friend. I'm so glad I shared my meal with you. Leonidas, you were learning so much. You were such a good student. Really, you were. I promise. From now on, when I see your kind in need, I will take a moment to make sure they are cared for. And he gives him a little stroke on the head. Okay, Walker, what do I need to do? We require a life. And he takes Leonidas and turns him away to look, looks the other way. And he looks the other way and as absolutely gently as he can with his big falcon fingers, just as painlessly as possible, snaps his little neck. It's quick. It's sudden. There's a soft little pop and just the faintest little... And you feel a flutter and then stillness. When you do, you see this faint white sort of pulse ripple through the body. Almost like, 
like when you see in a movie something does like a laser scan, you see that mm-hmm. that sort of line run across it. It starts at the center and then ripples out over the body. And immediately you feel this immense bone-chilling cold radiate from your hand from Walker. That tarnished kind of uh, you know the the old silver patina that's on it spreads for a second to cover all of the silver of the metal with this sooty black and the eye gleaming at you in the darkness flares sudden with an enormous brightness and you hear it say yes and you are drawn into the massive black pupil of that eye the coldness envelops you the darkness swallows your senses and you are utterly and completely gone so the rest of you hurrying through the cartways pushing your way through collapsed doorways cracked tunnels uh breaking your way through sealed doors uh occasionally as the spider scrapes and scratches its way trying to get through as it apparently instinctively knows the way you break through the last door and you find yourselves in old mm, not exactly neglected dusty but solid construction you've left behind the dank water table of the river the uh the moldy smears growing on the stones and the dirt of the tunnels and you're in architecture that clearly says to you this was built by and for people of means and wealth and station you suspect you are probably just on the outskirts of the citadel itself perhaps pushing into the lower reaches how do you wish to proceed quietly uh i'm gonna cast a pass without trace and i look at everyone i'm like stay close to Okay, uh, Cloak whispers uh, the, the words of power that draw into his connection with the natural world and through there out into the layers of the planes of the multiverse and darkness coils up around your legs and just sort of slithers across your form like a blanket. Sounds are muffled, your edges are blurred, uh, the lights sort of recede as you approach to give you a, a safe path to pass. And so all of you have plus 10 to your stealth checks. Um, then uh, I kind of want to figure out... Uh, I know where I'm at, right? <laughs> uh, because I'm with back within the city again. Uh, yes, you know that you're basically right on the edge of the citadel now. You're probably under the outer walls at this point, but you haven't okay. gotten to the keep the keep proper. Uh, is there uh, any sort of uh, signs of like life or anything like that? Uh, or uh, why don't you go ahead and make me a wi- go ahead and make me a wisdom perception or wisdom survival check? Your choice. Uh, let me look at my character sheet. Um. Either or. So let's do survival. Okay. Uh, since I'm looking for uh, tracks of any sort of kind. Uh, 22. Nice. Um, so it is dusty, but you do see some tracks. It, uh, it appears to be a set of heavy booted tracks, although there's something strange about them. Um, 
And I'll say that you're, with your with your urban favorite terrain, you're able to glean some more information from it. Uh, these are in the shape of humanoid tracks, but they're not humanoids. They're most definitely constructs of some sort. Uh, and you can also tell that there were four of them. And they passed this way, I would say, probably within the last 12 hours. Uh, so I kind of, like, uh, look at everyone else. So, so there's constructs? Much like, uh, they're, they're like lesser versions of Landis. Um, so, uh, they, uh, they're patrolling. They might be, that's all they do is patrol this area and they come around trying to catch people. So I, I recommend you be very quiet and is use the, the shadow um, to our advantage. Is the clockwork spider, um, close to us? Yeah, what is that the thing? clockwork spider basically came into this chamber and then started kind of circling. I'm going to go okay. kneel down next to it for a moment and mm-hmm. just mutter something on my, under my breath and touch it to give it uh, to cast non-detection. On the spider? Yep. Okay. So that will make it undetectable by divination magic. Just a precaution. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, is there a way to deactivate it, or um, maybe you could try and figure it out? Uh, as we're walking, I'll probably try to figure sure. it out. So you scoop uh, the little thing up, and its its legs still kind of work and clatter, and you can feel its mechanisms shifting and clicking, and the little lacquered eyeball sort of spins all the way around to look at you. Uh, and you can find you can indeed find a little a little catch sort of on the underbelly that you can flip. Okay. And as you do, it from... it kind of shudders, ratchets, the eyeball spins back around to the front and clicks into place, and the legs start to... Okay. Uh, and at that point, uh, I will put it back in its case and put it back in the haversack. Okay. So as you're, as you're kind of handling it and putting it back away, you can see several of those larger, more prominent gears that looked old and inscribed and kind of tarnished. The teeth have been stripped off of them through its operation, and Mm -hmm. you're not sure how well it's going to function going forward without replacing those. Okay, I'll take note of that. Hopefully I'll find a tinker of some sort. Um, So, uh, what I'll do then is um, uh, then start moving forward uh, to the best of my knowledge of where the cells would be. Okay, um, that honestly isn't going to be too difficult to figure out once you get out of these old catacombs and into the keep proper. So what I need from everyone is a group stealth check. Uh, oh, boy. Because okay. of, uh, yes, because of reasons. All right. Plus there 10. Four. Plus 10. Plus that trace. Uh, so I would be a... 27. Nice. 16. 16? Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> I, rolled a, I rolled a two. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. How do you get there, uh, Simply? How'd you do? Uh, you're muted if you're speaking. Sorry. No, no, sorry. It's a 19. I was in roll 20 for a second. So do, you have, do you have a ah, 
Yep, 19. There we go. Oh, it would be then it would be 21 if it's dex plus that too. Sorry. Plus my Yeah, two. yeah. What, what, whatever your dexterity stealth score is. So dex and proficiency if you are proficient. Uh, ooh, no, and Landis 20. has a 28. Delightful. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties on uh, Birdie Source's behalf, everyone. Uh, Landis is with them, but is going to be keeping extremely quiet thanks to the stealthy magics. Uh, so Landis um, moves like a like a shadow frozen in the form of metal. It just, Landis, the the clicks and words of his function are so toned down between his own skill and uh, Cloak's magic that he makes no noise, creeping forward, keeping to the the dark corners. And uh, you see, like, his shoulder kind of drop down a little bit, undoubtedly as uh, the imp invisibly landed on his shoulder. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you all make your way through the tunnels with uh, those stealth checks. You are able to evade what is up ahead. So, you make your way through the tunnels, and it is indeed ancient, or not ancient, but old, old, unused burial crypts. You find your way through these old, dusty, basically chapel under basements, and you come to a door that is much more well-maintained. You can see the the hinges are oiled and uh, it is uh, it has seen recent use, Cloak, given your, uh, your, your high tracking check you made before. Um, mm-hmm. It is locked and appears to, beyond locked, it, it seems to be barred from the far side. It's barred, that's how it's locked? So it, look, it has a lock, but there is also, yeah. you can, just testing it, you can hear it thunking. There is a heavy wooden or metal bar blocking it on the backside as well. Okay. Um, okay. Can you do your god thing and then pick locks? Rowan? This is something I can do, yes. Okay. Um, I'm gonna... You know, you can't see very much. Your vision is quite constricted. But yes, you can but see But I can the see the other side. I cast Misty Step and teleport okay. through the door. All right. You whisper the words of your spell, and there's a puff of crimson-tinged smoke. And Cloak is gone. And Cloak, you reappear on the other side. Uh, and then I stealthily, on the other side, start lifting up the bar... Okay, it's very uh, heavy, you, uh, but you can you can brace yourself, and you're just tall enough to shove the thick bar up off of its brackets. Uh, okay. The rest of you on the other other side hear the door kind of faintly thump as Cloak messes with it, and uh, yeah. So there's that. All right, well, so Billy will move forward to start pushing the door open. So uh, the bar is open, but it is in fact locked. So Rowan, you are going to reach out to Wotan and draw down his knowledge yep. of how to deal with this business. Oh yes, she's okay. uh, so you uh, saying a very quiet you, prayer. Right, you uh, you whisper a prayer uh, in in the northern tongue. You touch your holy symbol, and uh, the rest of you watch as her good eye goes cloudy for a moment and cataracted over, and then she blinks and her eye is clear again and you know everything you need to know. All right. 
she's going to look around in her um, pack for some pieces of metal and shiny bits because she doesn't actually have thieves tools but she collects shinies so. uh, Landis I believe opens up some of his uh, toolkit and offers you some in- imp- implements that you can use take those and start working on the lock okay so go ahead and make me a dexterity check plus proficiency Okay. And I think, do you get double proficiency in your knowledge domain thing? Um, or is it just normal? Gain proficiency with any skill or tool. Okay. Okay. I think later I might be able to gain think? expertise. Yep. Uh, dexterity? Yep. It's going to be 12 plus 3. 15? Yeah. All right. The, uh, it's, um, so it takes you a a good bit of doing, but you hear the satisfying, if somewhat grinding click as the tumblers fall into place and you use the, the torsion wrench to, to throw the bolt back and the door comes open. So cloak, you're just sitting there kind of tapping your foot as the door slowly swings open on well-oiled hinges that don't creak. Oh. You are keeping watch, yes? Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. So uh, you continue on into these tunnels. Now, on the other side of the door, it is considerably less dusty and dirty. So there's less uh, medium for you to pick up any tracks in this area, Cloak. But you're fairly certain that those constructs that you, you detected earlier are probably in this area somewhere. Uh, that's where the freshest tracks were leading, back through this door. Uh, so you all make your way carefully throughout the tunnels, and as you spend, I'd say, probably close to ten minutes uh, making your way deeper inside, you come to areas that are lit. There are faint, uh, just low flames in some of these torch sconces, and you suspect they are probably continual flames uh, of magical lights of some type that they uh, because they don't seem to be giving off smoke. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, all of you, with your with your massive stealth, um, you manage to get the drop on a group of four black iron armored constructs with a sort of glowing yellow light shining from uh, within. Their, the confines of their bodies. You can hear the clatter and whir of gears and springs driving them as they move down the hallway and you just melt into the alcoves around and the troop of them with their massive great axes just move right past you. So, uh, they look like this. Oh, fucking metal as fuck. Yeah, right? Literally. <laughs> uh, metal um, AF. Right. <laughs> metal AF. Um, yeah. At this point, right. uh, as soon as they pass, the cloak's, like, relieved. And he's like, yep. Come on. How far right. in are we? Uh, Cloak, why don't you make me a uh, make me a wisdom survival check? Uh, that will be a eleven. Okay, um, but because of your your uh, your favorite terrain uh, helping you out here, uh, that'll be enough. 
The okay. you're pretty sure that at this point you are probably under the main keep, and if you can find a way up, you should likely be getting into the more populated, you know, populated as a dungeon is, and uh, functional levels of the citadel itself. So okay. uh, you, using what knowledge you're able to glean of where you've come from and how these places tend to be built, as well as just a pure intuitive sense that you're drawing from the place, you make your way through antechambers and what was once a chapel, and you find a stairway leading up. You, okay. all of you, carefully make your way up, and you find a thick iron-barred door with an old rusty lock and rusty hinges barring your way. And up I'm above is a lock. dank chamber, or a, a dank hallway that just smells of mold and stale air and unwashed body, and it's just nasty. All right. Time to work our magic. Guys, go pick the lock again. All right. Uh-oh. <sighs> 11. 11. So this one is terribly rusted, and the tumblers seem to be seized up. You're not sure you're going to be able to pick this one. Well, is there anything that you can do, Cloak? Or anyone? This one is not... Is It's holding fast. Um, I mean, uh, I'm not a wizard, so I don't know knock. Really, just kind of like uses on her hammer, like. Uh, Tilly, what uh, tools are you proficient with? You're proficient with uh, brewer supplies, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Okay. Club does have a crowbar. That can help. I, I like out the handy haversack. He pulls out his crowbar and he's like, Oh yeah. Cloak, 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 and, you, and you a crowbar. You could, you could try to force the lock. To, to me. Sorry. I couldn't make that out. Yep. Oh, Oh yeah. I hand, it, I hand it to you and I was like, let's try to do it quietly and I'll try out sister. Sure. Okay. So Tilly, I'd like you to make a strength athletics check with advantage for the crowbar. And Cloak, why don't you go ahead and make me a dexterity stealth check with disadvantage to try and help keep it quiet. Uh, That is uh, 22. Okay. That pass without trace, man. (laughs) Okay, Tilly. Strength athletics with advantage. Uh, 19. 19? All right. So mm-hmm. the rust that worked so heavily uh, against Rowan is a blessing for you because the casing of the lock crumbles as you put your weight and the strength of your shoulder into it. The the curved, clawed end of the crowbar digs into the corroded iron, rips the locking mechanism out, and Cloak catches all of the bits before they fall. So the all the more sound you make is just sort of a muffled ping, Thank God for that advantage. Holy shit. Right? I know. So then Tilly telling her it's okay to try and open the door. So Tilly, you grab the, the door and it's stuck. Like the hinges are rusted together and you 
pull them open and it starts to make this horrible grating sound that is very well muffled by Cloak's gloved hands and the wrapped fabric of his red cape uh, binding the top hinge. So thanks to your muffling efforts, the terrible death whale screech of this gate doesn't go echoing down the hall and just makes sort of a, a tortured sound. Oh god, like, I All can right. hear that. Really does it, like, just just <laughs> enough to make sure that, like, I guess herself being the whitest can squeeze through. You're, yeah, you're probably the one who has to worry about it most. So yeah, you make it wide enough to get your shoulders through and you'll be good. So yeah, then you slip into the hallway and, I mean, one good whiff of this hallway tells you everything you need to know. Dungeon. Uh, I start making my way in. You start heading down the hallway. Uh, everybody just sort of following along behind Cloak? Yeah, I'm trying to see what I can do to actually get a sense of where we need to go. Puff Puff uh, sort of trots up next to you. Her ears are kind of pricked forward in the, you know, doggy scanning mode. And she sniffs at the air and at the ground. And she kind of sneezes and snorts a few times. But then she looks up at you and her uh, her tongue lolls out. And she says, I smell glass. He's this way. Go, go, let's go. And so she basically takes off at a trot down the hallway, uh, leading you through the twisting labyrinth of hallways that is this uh, tight, close dungeon corridor. And it's really only wide enough for single file. Like, you probably could stand side by side if you had to, but it would be real tight, particularly with you, Tilly. You're pretty broad. Um, So you make your way down these pitifully lit tunnels. There are these tiny, fitful lamps here and there. Uh, until you turn a corner, and as you're heading down the hallway, Puff Puff sort of slows and and comes to a stop, and her ears lay back, and her hackles rise, and she looks around at you, Cloak, and she says, something's wrong. I don't smell glass as strongly as I should. I smell something else. Something... And uh, she kind of, like, bares her teeth a little bit. Something's wrong here. Something's very, very, very wrong. Uh, uh, get, get to where the last place or that you snuggle us. All right, so she sort of reluctantly... I, I pull out my starts... sword at the same time. Do you light it? Not yet. Okay. So you, uh, she starts to pad forward reluctantly. Her paws would be clicking on the stone, except she's wrapped in your spell that, uh, that prevents any sound from escaping. And she leads you over to a thick, iron-banded, thick oak door with a, uh, a barred window looking in. And she sort of looks at you and then just kind of looks at the, the cell door and her tail dips low between her legs. Uh, can I peer in? Uh, it's, you'd have to, like, climb up the door, because it's set at, you know, human face height. Okay, yeah, I'll climb up the door. You could maybe, you could maybe stand on Puff Puff. Like, stand okay, up. I would yeah. lift you up, but eight strength. Can't lift things. All right, so, so you, uh, you climb up on Puff Puff, steadying yourself on the door, kind of get your, get your fingers up into the, the window frame and sort of pull yourself up the last few inches to peek in. Mm-hmm. You can see uh, it just smells awful in there and it's cold. Like everything down here is pretty chilly because, you know, stone underground, but it is freezing, deathly cold in that room. In fact, you can see a rhyme of frost reaching out on the door and coating the bars. 
and the uh, the air tastes bitter, almost like um, like ozone after a lightning strike, but not quite. It, it brings you that that sort of tang to mind, though. Okay. Uh, you look in, and there is a thick pool of gathered darkness in the far corner of the room. You can see uh, a cot. You can see what looks like uh, a dead rat lying on the floor. Um, you see... Uh, you, uh, you might see a few drops of blood on the stone from where he smashed the shit out of his hand <laughs> and the manacles cut yeah. into his wrist. Um, but yeah, no, you don't, you don't see anyone in there unless that darkness in the corner that your dark vision can't seem to penetrate unless he's in there. What do you see? I think we need to get this door open. This is, there's dark Rowan's on it. Corner. Rowan is. All right. So you, uh, you spend some time, you spend some time using Landis's tools and, uh, the lock, uh, after a moment clicks open and you pull the door on its creaking hinges. Uh, can I roll perception after that? Sure. Uh, just to kind of keep aware just, of... Just scanning the uh, scanning the room or trying to keep aware of the hallways? Yeah, I, I, like keeping a lookout. Okay. Um, a 22. 22. All right. You have a pretty sharp ear and eye out in the hallway. but So the door opens, okay. uh, and you can now see freely into the room. Um, do we have some sort Why of light does it source? Think so differently in there. You guys are currently not using a light source, I don't believe. Okay. Um, I, I would look at if I notice no one's coming down the hallway. I'd hold out my sword and go. Yep. Margaret. Uh, and, All right. Um, so your uh, your saber sparks, crackles, and bursts into flame. The light throws the room into sharp relief with all of the crags of stone and flickering shadows cast by the firelight. The walls and ceiling are covered in a thick rime of frost that is just starting to begin to melt and drip. And the shadows gathered like thick cotton at the far side of the room, like an inky smear, seem to absorb the light, devour it. Rowan's going to go and inspect that. Glass from the corner, a light sparks up in the open door, and you can see Cloak, and you hear his voice and see his mask from where you're crouched in those concealing, welcoming shadows. Glass um, stands up and goes, right. yells out, It's a trap! You all can't be here! All right. There's movement in that darkness, finally. And something rises up out of it. Something with leathery skin and strange bony protrusions along its hunched shoulders and a great baleful staring eye with this pale green iris, the color of envy, and a rictus skull-like grin. It opens its mouth and spreads its claws, clawed hands wide as it steps out of the shadows and you hear Glaz's voice in your mind warning you that it's a trap. What you see is this. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, I knew that's what it was. And that, I think, is where we are going to stop for this week. <laughs> well, that's all right. So, so, Glaz, your consciousness is currently in the body of a Nothic. If you can make it back for next week and would like to participate, you are welcome. If not, don't feel pressured. Okay, yeah, no, I, I'll need to check with work and stuff, but wow, that was, yeah. that's cool. Let me know. Let me know. I love this, I love the story of, of, of the back, the, the, what Nothics are. It's just such a cool thing. Uh, All right, so thank you very much, everybody. Thanks, uh, thanks for playing. I'm so glad we're getting back into it. And uh, thanks for all our lovely viewers for, uh, for spending this evening with us. I, uh, I love having you here. Uh, so why don't we go around and say who we are, where we can find ourselves, and what we thought of tonight's shenaniganry. I'll, I guess I'll start. I'm Dan, uh, Dan Dillon. I'm a game designer at Wizards of the Coast on the D&D team. I, um, yeah, and I, I love this. I, I've been trying to figure out a good way to give us some nice closure for how Glass can be comfortably gone for a while, and uh, I think this should be suitably effed up in his, you know, Void magic-y corner of Midgard. <laughs> so, uh, so why don't we why just go around? Uh, why can't he just be on the floor day getting ice cream or something? He could be somewhere. We don't because know where his body Dan. is. Because his body ain't in this room. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tall School, how was that? Oh, it was fun. No, I, it's very cool to... Uh, Get to revisit Glass. I for it, it was like slipping back on like an old pair of comfortable shoes, and uh, leave it to me to make friends with the thing that I'm going to eventually, you know, have to do. Okay, Dan, I want I want a uh, I want a hat of vermin out of this. So, uh, <laughs> um, all right, we'll see. Just saying, doesn't have to happen. to happen next season. Somewhere in Glass's future, he's getting he's going to. Try to track down a hat of vermin so that he can summon right. mice to just feel better about what he's done. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Just so where can, where can the people find you? Where can the people find uh, you? You can find me all over the internet as Paul Squall. Uh, it was a wonderful evening, and thank you all for joining in. All right. McLoken. Uh, hello, I'm McLoken. Uh, you, might, <laughs> you might remember me from such films as. Uh, how to fucking make a deal, or uh, uh, or more recent um, uh, stealthing one hundred two. Um, so uh, I stay tuned this summer for my best friend is a nothing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is great because you know cloak is great with fiends. Um, so I fiends. I was I was my awesome. Uh... You missed my awesome How to Lose a Troll in 10 Days. Oh, yeah, you were muted. Yeah, Nothics oh, are God. aberrations. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I feel like, I know what Nothics are. I forgot. I thought they were fiendish for some other reason. They look fiendish. Um, they look awful. Yeah, uh, I, I was really, like, I'm glad Glass is black. Uh, I hope he's back next week, but if he's not, I understand. But um, it, it was uh, it was great. It was heartbreaking that like when you were saying like he we have to take a life, and I was like he's gonna kill the mouse. Like I, I in my head, I was just so like and uh, and watching simply break down slowly uh, mm-hmm. as she realized. I knew the moment when she realized what was going on, 
uh, as he was like, it doesn't matter what kind of life it is. And she went, <laughs> and I was like, oh, God damn it. And then like everyone, everyone, I was just like, I, I knew, I knew as, as soon as that thing said, oh, we need, we need to have a sacrifice. And I was like, Leo, no. <laughs> um, we hardly knew you. <laughs> we hardly knew you. You could have tried to kill the Nothic. <laughs> that wouldn't have went well. With, um, with, you know, your hands tied and no magic, but... <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, I'm curious on how we walked into a trap. Uh, I really hope they haven't noticed us, but... Oh, and I, I hope uh, uh, Birdie can get her... Uh, or Landis can get her uh, his voice box fixed uh, by next week. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but it was it was a great time. I as always, I had a blast. Uh, I I'm very interested to see where this is going to go. Uh, I'm curious if we're all going to end up at a world tree uh, and start making that route. Uh, and um, I thought Cloak brought up a good point. It's like, yeah, it seems like when we've been here too long. Like something something is pushing us out. Um, so. Uh, Oh, hey, that's how the story... Uh, I'm this- just throwing this out here. If you guys figure out a way how to get out of this without being, you know, your identity's blown, then good on you. Yes. But uh, that's that's me. I'm McLoken, and you can catch me at uh, twitch.tv slash McLoken, or at my Twitter, at McLoken. Uh, currently, uh, I'm going to be getting into uh, doing uh, fantasy map drawings on stream. Uh, if you guys want to see something I've been working on on my free time, uh, this is. I have not done this on stream yet. Uh, I haven't Ooh. done one yet, but this this is one I've been drawing. Um, so um, that's uh, that's what I've been doing. Uh, so we'll work on that tomorrow. I don't have it set up to do any of that kind of stuff, but uh, I'm learning how to do it, and I'm doing it with a, a the, the mapping nibs and like dipping ink and all that kind of stuff. So um, nice. But yeah, that's me. Okay, simply. How was that? It was great until Leonidas died, and it sucked. I'm almost Real afraid hard. to ask. I'm starting to feel bad. <laughs> you forget you live in Seattle now, and I can come picket your house about killing the innocent creatures. That's all. I'm, I'm just kidding. That's, that's true. It's true. I am vulnerable now. <laughs> I'm, I am on my way to... You, you oh, come. Pack south. We go to Dan's. I'm going, I'm going purely to beat Dan's ass. This house. I'm boycotting where you work, Flaz, because now of the mouse killing is all I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Anyways, goodness. I'm Simply Jackson, a variety broadcaster here, mostly an artist. Uh, if you want to find any recent works, you can go to Twitter at SimplyJXN, no underscore, just S-I-M-P-L-Y-J-X-N. Um, also, if you have a D&D character that you would like to be drawn, some of my practices for like each session drawing is drawing everybody else's D&D characters. You can submit like your character in a form there if you'd like. It's the pinned tweet. But I had a great time tonight, and Dan, as always, did a fantastic job, and I Thank hope you. that Landis gets his voice box worked on, because I miss the beautiful, sweet whisperings <sighs> of his voice. Us, yeah, bit, um, us too big time. And uh, Landis really? was played by the Birdie Saurus, and I hope, you I know, you mean I hope Larry. had fun. <laughs> yeah. Landis isn't here, uh, so we can call him whatever we want. Yep. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, there she is. Hi. Uh, all right. So, Moth, how was that? Oh, and she got it. <laughs> uh, thanks. I'm going to have nightmares forever now. Uh, thanks for that, Dan and Glass. Uh, that I, was yeah. really, really great. 
and I'm very scared. <laughs> that's about that was it. Great. That was, that it's was just wonderful. like, oh, that's Thanks. scary. Oh, that's so scary. Mm, love it. Great. Don't like that. <laughs> uh, I am Scarlet Moth. You can find me on Twitter at that Scarlet Moth. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be here next week because I'm going to be flying to Seattle to beat Dan up for killing the mouse. So yay. Yeah, if you're going to be at PAX West, please come say hello to me. I'm going to be cosplaying all four days because I hate myself. Uh, and yes, hopefully going to meet up with some D and D people. And yeah, we're going to <laughs> just, just cut your hair to the front. It's fine. But yes, I've got all my all my cosplay progress over on Twitter. Um, I'm playing some other games, but we're going to be taking a break because I'm not going to be at my computer. Um, yes. I'm very tired and yeah. scared. Yeah. Please well, don't it's kill tiring me and scary. Ah, no promises. All right. Well, thank you so much once again to, uh, to all my lovely players and everybody for coming to join us. So uh, we loved having you here and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye, everyone. Hopefully we have someone to turn the screen off. Bye. Do we? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>